understand where each one of us is coming from and give each other a day or two to um, cool down and think about where each other's coming from and then make a decision. Sometimes we can't really wait a day because, yes, we do need to make a decision so that we can keep moving forward. But just trying to make sure that we understand and give each other the space to to um, let each other talk about where, like, it's very important for each of us to understand why the other is thinking what they're thinking. Welcome to the Second in Command podcast, produced by the COO Alliance and brought to you by its founder, Cameron Harold. In the Second in Command podcast, we talk to top COOs who share the insights, strategies, and tactics that made them the chief behind the chief. And now, here's your host, Cameron Harold. All right, I am super excited for this week's episode with Lacey Jarvis. She is the COO for NDB Playgrounds. Just interviewed Lacey, just got off the call um, just now, about 45 minutes. Really, really incredible person. She's actually super young. She's actually a COO Alliance member. Um, she's got uh, one child already who's eight years old. She's only 26. Um, she started with the company six years ago as a customer service rep and has progressed in the six years to being the COO of a company. They've got about 100 employees now. Um, operations throughout all over North America. They, they do manufacturing in China. She shared some really interesting stuff around their relationship with the CEO, um, how she's really scaled as a leader in the six years, what she focuses on to grow in her career. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm just super excited about having her as a guest. So hopefully you enjoy the episode as much as I did. Well, Lacey, welcome to the Second Command podcast. Hi, happy to be here, Cameron. Thanks for having me. Yeah, looking forward to learning from you. So just before you and I kind of jumped into the, um, to, to start the call, you'd mentioned that you guys have been going through some pretty rapid growth. But before you tell me about that, why don't you just tell us quickly what MVB Playgrounds is and kind of what your focus is? Yeah, so we sell commercial playgrounds. We focus on anybody who um, needs commercial playgrounds, who gets audited, who wants big products. We have two sides of our business. We have um, AAA State of Play, and that is direct to the consumer. That's churches, schools, um, city parks. And then we have another side of the business, which is playgroundequipment.com. Um, and then that is more of a B2B site where we sell directly to other playground businesses, um, and then they sell direct to the consumer. And what's your focus? Is it the, the, the playground equipment side, or is it the, the um, you know, selling direct to consumer as well? I'd like to say that both of, of them are focused, for me at least. I really like to see growth in both sides. Um, sometimes that gets challenging. Um, this year specifically, we've seen a lot of growth on the B2B side in playgroundequipment.com. The AAA side was the beginning of the business. Um, so that's kind of plateaued with the growth part of it, but, um, trying to learn the curve of, um, Keeping the growth maintained on AAA um, does require a focus there. And two totally different teams, or is it the same team that are marketing both products? Two totally different sales teams, but we have our all of our support teams like accounting, shipping, warehouse, marketing, um, and we have like a support resolution team. All of those teams are one team for both sales teams. Awesome. And how many total employees in the company? I want to say. It's it's fluctuating. Our uh, turnover here in Indiana has been tough. 
Um, it's about 95 to 100 right now. So 95 employees. Um, and, and what do you mean turnover being tough? Why Are they quitting? Are they getting poached? What's happening? Yeah, quitting. Um, we've had a lot of people just not show up for interviews. Uh, we've onboarded them and they filled out all of their paperwork and then they just don't show up for their first day. What's going on with that? I, I'm, I don't know. And they don't answer their phone. I mean, we try to reach out to them and it's, it's wild, Cameron. I just don't get it. So, okay, the 95 to 100 staff, what's the mix between kind of the install side of the business or are you actually third-partying the install because you're selling all over North America? Yeah, we third-party that out. We have an installation team of two and um, they coordinate all of that with our installers. So we have a local team here on the AAA side um, and they do probably half of our installs. Um, we, I think we have... Last year, we had a little over 200 installs. I haven't run numbers this year. Um, and half of those were Indiana, but the other half were all over the country. But we think we've got five installers um, that we run um, our installs through. Amazing. It's pretty tough to keep that running. God love our install coordinator. She she runs and makes phone calls all day long trying to make sure that things stay moving with shipping deadlines and, you know, calling in the lines and keeping the installers updated and keeping customers updated and getting all the paperwork signed. And there's a lot to it. And she does a great job. Now, are you guys manufacturing your own um, playground equipment as well? Or are you purchasing that and, and then selling it? How does that work? Um, so we import it. We have a great uh, relationship overseas in China. We uh, have a private label brand. And we actually have a couple of products ourselves that we have designed, um, sent over and had our own molds made. And we have a design team here in-house that um, they're all CPSI certified minus one who just started. But they all know like the general guidelines of how um, the safety codes and how things should be built. So we design everything here and then it gets manufactured overseas and then imported here. Now, And you've been with the company for six years. What was the size of the company when you joined them? Because you mentioned that you had 80% growth in the last 12 months. What was the size of the company in terms of employees when you joined? I want to say there was 15 office workers, and I, I don't remember how many warehouse workers there were. Like, have you kind of doubled or tripled the size of the number of employees? or? Uh, well, in the warehouse, uh, again, I don't know how many there were starting out, but I know right now we've probably got 45 out there. Um, and then so that leaves about 50. Um, employees in the office. So yeah, tripled almost. Easily tripled. So, you know, when you're coming into the organization, you're a customer service rep, and then, you know, six years later, you're COO. I mean, that's not a very common story. What, what What's your growth been like? And why did that work? Walk us through that. What has the growth been like? It's been a challenge. Um, I I like to learn every day. Um, I think that that's something that's helped me succeed personally. I like to better myself, which helps me better my team. That's something that I try to thrive on for myself. Starting out as a customer service rep and um, just learning every aspect of the business was something that was really, really intriguing to me. And then understanding like both sides of the business and, and understanding the aspects of how each one worked. It was kind of my first office job hmm. and and business in general. 
And I just, I thought it was such a neat business plan. And I thought, who could have ever thought of this? Like this, and then on top of it, like playgrounds, like I would have never in my life guessed that playgrounds was such a big commodity. Yeah. So it was very, uh, it was always fun, you know, Um, but not like kid playground fun, but like business adult fun to learn. Um, as crazy as that sounds. No, I like the way that you're actually explaining it too. Like it, it, it does actually make a lot of sense. How many states were you selling in when you joined? Were you all throughout the U.S. when you joined already? Yeah. Yes, we've always been throughout the U.S. When did the company start? Um, 2006. Oh, wow. So it's, it's really not that old. No, nope. They started in, um, the owner's house. Um, in two of their bedrooms, and then they moved to the owner's basement um, as they got more employees. Um, then they moved to a warehouse that they had built um, in 2015, um, and then I started in 2016, and they quickly outgrew that. And then just, I mean, growth every single year exponentially. It's the summertime that really gets us, and it's... It's it's a challenge, which is really fun. It's bittersweet, definitely. I like the idea, the um, opportunity in, in, in the playground um, equipment.com where you're actually selling direct to other suppliers. Is that a big growth opportunity for the, for the company then as well? Is that a big focal point? Yes, it is a huge uh, growth opportunity because being able to sit down and we have a, a playground convention every year and, and we try and really focus on um, meeting our dealers and whoever go and, and spending some time with them to get to know their business and figure out where we can really um, help them and understand where their struggles are. And, and that's really a huge uh, a focus point for us is, is being able to figure out um, what processes we can change to help them and help give them like we had an installer or I'm sorry, a dealer come in last month and they um, asked about our installs. They asked how we did them or, you know, I asked for some tips and tricks. And it's nice that we can give them ideas and help them with their business and, and teach them things as well. What was it, do you think, that the owner saw in you to promote you that quickly throughout the organization? I mean, a pretty pretty rapid growth, again, especially in the size of the organization, to go from a CSR to COO. What do you think it was that they saw in you? I think that um, at the beginning, it was my hard work and determination. Again, I really liked to learn, and um, I was always asking questions. I was taking the initiative because I liked to learn. Um, and I think that that was very intriguing to them. I was really young at the time too. I mean, I was 19 and, and that was, uh, very odd for, you know, a 19, 20 year old to want to do all of those things. So I mm-hmm. think that also was, um, a big factor for them and, and just wanting to help. Like that's always been a big thing for me is wanting to help out and do whatever I can to make things easier for people. And, um, I really think that that's where a big highlight for myself and why I am where I am is because I I do what I do to help people and I'll do whatever it takes to get it done. And you're you're kind of in the first year or second year of Gen Z. I mean, so it's highly unusual that Gen Z is is operating as a COO. I mean, even within our COO alliance, I think of the 170 plus members, we've probably got four or five that are under 25, 26 years old. So you're in that kind of it's a super interesting cohort. 
but it's also highly unusual that Gen Z stays in a job for more than six months to a year. I mean, they're they're kind of famous for partially because they're early in their career and it's easy for them to hop and kind of move up in their in their career. Why do you think it is it's gotten you to stay and, and what did they do right to get you to stay? Because I think it's something that we're all starting to think about as companies. For me personally, I think that NVB gave me an opportunity. Not a lot of people, I don't think, would have seen me and given me a chance as um, a kid going through school. Everybody at my age uh, was working probably at a fast food place, you know, just trying to make it through school. I really wanted an office job, and they gave me an opportunity to uh, learn and grow my skills. And I just took every opportunity as a chance to really learn and climb the ladder. Um, And I think that's what's really helped me stay here. It's interesting. You've mentioned a few times about growing your skills. I was going to ask you about that. Where where have you focused in terms of your skill set and your growth over the last couple of years specifically? Um, I've really, really tried to uh, learn every aspect of the business, uh, the back end part of it. I was in the accounting department for a really long time. I was the go-to for a lot of people on things. And it was, I mean, it was a array of, of things. Um, so there really wasn't like a main focus point. It was just back end operations. Um, the last few months I've really focused in on, um, like importing overseas and the overseas freight. And, um, but over the last few years, I've really tried to get better in my leadership and, um, understanding people. Yeah, I love your insights around this stuff. So and you've kind of gone in two directions with it. One is really on the what the company does in terms of the manufacturing and the shipping in from, from you know, China and, and that whole side of the business to really the soft skills of leadership, which is really what's going to help you excel in the career. So on the is that why you joined the COO Alliance then? Was that kind of the the decision point for you or did your CEO tell you you were joining? How did that all come about? No, I actually was driving to one of my son's races up north, and I had been looking for some resources on what I could do to better my skills and figure out what the hell I was doing. And I found your podcast, and I was listening to them, and I got hooked. Um, And I think I listened to like four that day. Um, And I just started doing some research, and I I put together um, a pitch of why I thought the alliance would be good and beneficial for me. And uh, my CEO was like, yeah, let's do it. I love this. All right. I also love that you pitched the CEO, but I got to back up the truck a little bit. You just said that you're taking your kids to one of their, one of your kids to a race. First off, how, <laughs> you're, what are you, 20, you're 26 years old? Yes. How, how many kids have you got? I only have one. He's eight. He's eight. And, and what kind of a race was he in? Um, he races four wheelers. He races four. Of course, he does. Yeah. So you have a you have an eight year old kid who races four wheelers, and you're a COO of a company, and you're 26 years old. How do you balance it all? How do you balance the time and the priorities of you know? Um, it's not easy. Um, some days I realize that I'm running out of fuel, and I remember my home base, and that's my son. He is the reason I do everything that I do. I love him very much. Um, another big thing for me is my family. They are my biggest support system. They all, I have four, three siblings. There's four of us. They all happen to also work here at the business. 
So it's very nice to be able to see them every day and talk to them. But I mean, we all help each other out and balancing work and life is easier with them for sure. Is it a family run business or do you just happen to hire all your siblings? It is very family oriented. So we have a lot of family connections. The founders um, are mom and dad and son. So um, the son really kind of came up with the idea and started it. And the mom and dad um, helped him build up and become what the company is today. Yeah, but they're not your mom and dad. These are these are like it. So so they're the family, and then you got involved, and you're now running the place. Is the son the CEO of the business then? Correct. All right. So I'm getting the pieces. And then when did you hire your siblings, or were they working for the company first, or? No, I started in 2016. Uh, my oldest sister started in 17. My middle sister started in 2020, maybe. And then my older, my brother, he's the oldest of us. He started um, this past spring. All right. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of vibrating right now. Like, this is super cool. This is really unusual to ever go and do this. It, it can't all be easy either. I mean, there's got to be moments in time when they want to kill you and you want to kill them or there's a disagreement or a fight. So or an argument. Um, how, how do you balance all of that? How do you balance the that side of the business? Something that's really cool about my siblings and I is that we have a really strong relationship. And we have always had an understanding that we just get it out in the open. And at the end of the day, if we disagree, we disagree, but we just have to let it go. Nice. There's really never been like a big knock on wood, never really been a big blow up. And it's honestly, like, everybody asks the same question. How do you do it? Like, you guys probably hate each other. And it's, no, no, I actually absolutely love working with my siblings. It's like a dream I never knew I had come true. And um, we we try to go on what we call our family walk at least once a week, but it doesn't really happen. Okay. So, COVID, did that impact the business in any way in terms of of the culture or the operations day to day how did you guys manage through that yeah so covid we all ended up going home besides our warehouse workers um and we ended up sending them home i think for a week or two with the uh, regulations that indiana put in place business impacted wise we actually were very fortunate we um didn't get hit too hard. We lost some money uh, revenue-wise, but culture-wise, it wasn't great. Um, sending everybody home uh, very last minute was a scramble. It was very hard to figure out and then figuring out how to meet every day and uh, figure out how everybody was going to be productive and stay on task and still maintain their their mental health as well was very difficult. I think that a lot of people didn't realize how um, much it was impacting them. But we made it through. We came back to the office. And actually, when we came back, we actually bought our new warehouse in the middle of COVID. We were in the middle of buying a new building. So we built out the office space here. And when we came back from COVID, we all actually came back to a new office space. So it was nice. Uh, to come back to a new space, but it was definitely a struggle to keep everybody aligned during COVID working at home. How did you keep them aligned? What did you do specifically that helped them do that? We um, ended up using an app called Discord, 
we just chatted through there. We made groups for each department. We had video calls. I actually had my, t- I was the accounting manager at the time. Um, I actually had my team, uh, come work at my house. They were not really, um, too worried about things. So, um, they came and worked with me at my home. I had some desks set up in my extra room, um, just to have some people time. That, I mean, that's how we stayed aligned personally. That's amazing. Um, talk to me about China. What's it like working with, and, and where, where are you in, you said Indiana? Yeah, Indianapolis. And you're in Indianapolis. So you're in a bigger city. You're not like a small town. This isn't like a small town business gone North America. You're, you're in a bigger city. What's the population of Indianapolis? A couple million? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Yes. Okay. So you're in a bigger city. Um, so you're having to attract and bring people into the offices as well. What's it like working with China, with the operations in China? What lessons can you give us? Um, what's it like? You have to stay up late to talk to them all the time, which our CEO does for the most part. Trying to navigate, right now at least, the ever-revolving COVID protocols um, is very challenging. They're always changing, um, which is always putting our plans up in the air based mm. off of getting our goods out of the country. We have a really great relationship with our partner over there, and they work with us very well, thankfully. So they are almost always able to get our containers filled and at the port in time. Um, but it's always um, a giant question mark. Yeah, that's got to add a layer of stress. Yes, it does. It does, definitely. Um, some advice, just stay calm, stay organized. I mean, it's very, like I said, things can change all the time, but as long as you you stay organized and you um, keep track of your plans. Uh, when things change, it'll be easy to pivot and make a move. How about culturally? What what kind of cultural lessons can you give us in terms of like your, your meetings with them or communication with them? Um, are you dropping emojis into your emails or are you kind of staying more, more business with them? Yeah, they, um, I don't have a lot of communication with them anymore. When I was the accounting manager and I was wiring money all the time, I had more um, communication with them. But our partner uh, was always sending pictures of her family and, and we were doing the same back to them. Yes, emojis. She, she would always make um, funny. There was one emoji specifically. It was like a laughing emoji, um, but crying. But it just looks a little different than our apple emoji um so it was always funny when she would drop that one in there because it it was always like annie why why is that there (laughs) um but it was always fun to to see her personality come out into play um it, it was business related also at times um it's not as as uh business-like as I think a lot of people would think. But I think that that's because we have a great relationship with them and our CEO has always worked with them for a long time. I want to talk to you about um, working with your CEO as well, but what's NVB stand for? I forgot to ask that at the beginning. Um, You know, I don't, I've, I've never really gotten a straight answer for that. I think that it's for the owner's names, but I mean, it's, it's Nancy and Nick and Victor Breedlove, okay. uh, but I've always kind of gotten uh, up in the air answers. I'm sure that's what it is. I mean, that kind of makes sense, right? If they got the two ends and the VB, that probably it's they're probably just trying to move. Are they trying to move themselves away from the brand or something, and just have it as its own? Um, I don't know. Hmm. I'm not quite sure. 
It's interesting. I wonder if they're doing that just to, to not look small, because sometimes when the owner's name's on the brand, it's, it can appear to be a smaller business. But if you go with NVB Playgrounds, it just seems like a, you know, a bigger brand all of a sudden. Which might yeah, be that makes it. sense. Yeah. Okay. So you've got you and the CEO and you, you have some pretty clear uh, delineation between your roles and responsibilities. So how did you decide what those roles were going to be and, and how do you stay in your own lanes now? Our CEO, Nick, he has um, always really enjoyed um, having that communication with the overseas uh, manufacturers. Um, he's always been great at it. Why change that? I've always really wanted to be a part of like the people skills and helping people. He has always been very busy. I mean, that was his job before myself. In my eyes, it's got to be two different jobs. And for me to be able to choose between the two. Like I said, why, why make him change what he's, he's good at that and I can do the other part. I'll fit whatever he doesn't want to do really. God, you're like you're totally speaking to me on some stuff. So my, my next book is launching, um, in January of 2023 and it's called the second in command and it's how to unleash the power of a COO. And, and one of the things I talk about is the COO needs to take all of the areas of the business that the CEO doesn't love to do and drains them of energy. And, and that's kind of exactly what you're speaking to. So we've got a, an in-person event coming up in April for the COO Alliance. And the, the theme of it, we haven't even told our members. We've already got people signing up for it. But the theme of it is all around going deep in terms of the communication and the trust and the relationship between you and the CEO. And then also with you and your leadership team and your employees. How do you get that deep trust and relationship with your CEO? Are you guys doing anything specifically to you know, to build and continue to build a strong relationship and trust? Early on, there was a trust factor in there. That's why I was promoted very quickly. Um, there's always been issues with trust with him and, and trying to like let things go uh, task-wise. Mm-hmm. He does not like to not do things. And it's hard for a CEO in general to let go of things, which could really make or break a lot of companies. Um, from what I'm learning, um, is when a CEO doesn't let tasks go so that the business can build. Nick's been pretty good about letting things go as long as I can help guide him. You're also good, it sounds like, of even taking stuff off his plate because it sounds like he's kind of that radical self-reliant that he'll do it himself until, but it sounds like you come up and just say, I'm, that's mine. I'll take that. Like, is that true? Or, or are you asking to take things over? Yeah. Yes. He doesn't like it very much, but I keep trying to remind him that his part of the job is to do what he's good at and what he likes to do. And I, I'm going to try and do everything else. Where is he learning? Is he a part of any mastermind groups or CEO groups at all? I think I've inspired him to find one after I joined the COO Alliance and how much I've loved it. Um, so. Well, he's been looking at some um, places as well, but not yet. Tell, tell him to reach out to me or even introduce him to me um, over email later for a couple of reasons. One, I have two great groups that I think he would be a good fit in, it sounds like. One is called Mastermind Talks. Um, and the second is the Entrepreneurs Organization that's based. There's one uh, chapter in Indianapolis. But I think both of those could be very good for him for a couple of different reasons. But then we also allow the CEOs of all of our CEO Alliance members to come onto a monthly call with me with a group of the CEOs that I coach. So I've got CEOs paying me $80,000 a year to coach them. He can actually join on one of those calls and really 
hit me with a, with a bunch of questions too. It's kind of like an ask me anything format. So I'll, cool. I'll definitely help give them some insights because I've been a part of, you know, YPO and EO and Vistage and Genius Network and Baby Bathwater and War Room. And I know I've got a lot yeah. of good insights that I could help fast track him, but good for him and good for you to actually guide him. It's usually the reverse. Most of our members, it's the CEO is a part of a group and they tell the COO to join. I love that you flipped this one upside down. Doing my best. I did it years ago as well with Gerber Auto Collision. I told my partner, Terry, who is the CEO, that he should join YPO. And he went out and did. And then he was like, this is amazing. It's the best thing ever. I was like, yeah, of course. Um, but it can't always be easy. I mean, you and the CEO, there's got to be some opportunities for conflict or for, you know, but it's, it's, I imagine it's healthy conflict too. So walk us through how those transpired and what have you two learned in terms of how to get better at that? Yeah, so um, a lot of the conflict that uh, comes between me and the CEO is that I am a very uh, detail-oriented, uh, well-thought-out decision maker, and uh, he is a, let's move right now, let's do this, 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 and we do not agree. So trying to sit down and understand where each one of us is coming from and give each other a day or two to um, cool down and uh, think about where each other's coming from and then make a decision. Sometimes we can't really wait a day because, yes, we do need to make a decision so that we can keep moving forward, but just trying to make sure that we understand and give each other the space to to um, let each other talk about where, like, it's very important for each of us to understand why the other is thinking what they're thinking. Um, and that's a new it's a learning curve. It's, it's something new that we have, um, just started doing. Um, and it seems to be working. Um, but it's still a struggle for us to, um, and that maybe probably will never get better. And it's always going to be, he's going to move, move, move. And I'm going to be like, well, let's wait about this. Let's think. Yeah. Have you, have you done your Colby profile? Do you know what your Colby? No, I haven't. I've been meaning to, but you know how things are. All right. I want you to get it done this week. Do the Colby A profile. Have him do his Colby A profile as well. If you send me both of your numbers, I'll just do a quick Loom video and give you some snapshots as to things that will help you get in sync real quickly. But my gut is that his Colby profile is going to be roughly 4393, which is a very high quick start, which quick starts are basically they, they shoot now and they aim later. You know, they're winging it, they're shooting from the hip, they're, they're perpetual motion machines, they're idea generation machines. Your profile is probably very high on the first two numbers. You're probably more like an 8633, which means you ask a lot of questions or put systems in place to start projects. Um, yes. So you like to have, you like to ask enough questions and that's where the sync issue and the opportunity is going to be. And Colby will also do a call with you for like a hundred bucks or 150 bucks. They'll do a call with both of you and walk both of you through your profiles and teach you how to mesh them together. Because, yeah, you won't change him, nor do you want to. He can't change you, nor does he want to. But the key is how do you get that yin and yang relationship, right? How do you actually, you know, fit perfectly together? So Right, right. It's cool that you're going through it. It's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's really cool. <laughs> yeah, right? Until it's not. How about with, with some of your core employees? What's the um what are you working with them on right now? Let's see like your your direct reports. Um yeah, so I have uh most of our managers on um as my direct reports. Um 
And it's really neat to um, see. We just started kind of doing our manager meetings. I think our first one was in August. So it's still kind of like a um, new leadership group. They've all been managers for a while, um, but coming together as a team and being ship uh, together has been really neat to see them grow so far. And um, something I'm really, really excited about is their potential. Um, and that's why I think it's really important for me to be able to figure out how to tap into that potential and to see where um, sometimes they don't know where they're struggling. Um, they've never had the opportunity to um, move forward in some aspects. And a lot of our managers have always been tied down with tasks. Mm. We get very busy in the summertime and they don't have time to manage. And I'm really, really pushing to make sure that our managers have a lot of tasks off of their plate and that they have time to manage, but it's a whole new ball game for them to manage. So being able to make sure that they know how to do that and that they are set up for success with that is going to be very fun for me to uh, figure out how to do, but also a challenge. Get, make sure that you're going through the Invest in Your Leaders course and get a couple of them going through it. It'll be massive for your growth as well. But it sounds like you're really on top of it. I'm, I'm curious, you've got to have a bunch of direct reports that are older than you and, and some that are probably significantly older than you. Um, yes, all but one. All but one. Okay. So what's the biggest age gap between you and one of your direct reports approximately? 40 years, maybe. 40 years between you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So do they look at you and go, who are you? Like you're, you're advanced for your age or do they just, are they past that now? Like is age no longer an issue or? Uh, yeah, I'd say that age, um, definitely pops up as an issue sometimes. They struggle to understand. Um, they also struggle to understand that, that change just has to be made. I think that that's really where it comes in. I don't think that they really technically struggle with me. I think that, at the end of the day, it's really that change is, is being made within the business and that they may be frightened by that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not truly with me, but a lot of um, our managers have been with us for a long time. They were with us maybe even before I started, and they're used to the way that we did business when we were smaller. And our processes are changing, and they have to. Um, and it's it's very difficult to get that through some people. Because it is scary to change and not knowing if the change is going to work, but just believing that we're going to figure it out is, um, is really where you have to have faith. So you, you mentioned that you've gone through some pretty rapid growth. Any, any lessons on, you know, how you got through the 80% growth last year? How we made it through is a miracle. I think that, uh, we're trying to implement more processes every single day, just writing them down, making sure that we have them documented. Trying to be more transparent across departments, making sure people know things, even if it's not technically pertinent to them, it doesn't hurt in them knowing the shipping department that we're putting in uh, a new process and support that the, that we're notifying our sales teams of things. Um, it doesn't hurt for them to know that. And while it doesn't impact them, um, we've always like thought in the past, we thought, well, it doesn't impact them. They don't need to know. At the end of the day, more information is better than not enough. Um, so I would really say that that is a, a bigger piece of the puzzle for sure. That's very cool. All right. I want you to 
this is usually a, a longer question. You kind of lean back to talk to the 21-year-old self, but geez, that's almost like yesterday for you. I want you to go back to, you know, you were just starting in your career. Let's say you were just kind of coming into NVB. You were going to be working in customer service. You were just starting in your career. Would you give yourself any advice back then that you know to be true today? I would probably tell myself to be a little more organized and um, stick to an organization skill that works for me. Um, I really struggle with that now, being so busy. And be more confident. Proven success it means something. You're crushing it, Lacey. I don't think you have to worry about the confidence side. The fact that you keep pulling stuff off the CEO's plate is incredible. Lacey Jarvis, the COO for NVB Playgrounds. Thanks very much for joining us on the Second Command Podcast. Thanks, Cameron. You've been listening to Second in Command, brought to you by COO Alliance founder, Cameron Harold. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe. For more best practices from industry-leading COOs, visit COOalliance.com.